Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Welcome to episode 191 of Martha Runs the World. My guest this week is Nick Surface of the podcast The Impossible Life. I found The Impossible Life purely by a wonderful accident. Now, I love podcasts that inspire me and give me inspiration through tales of courage and growth. And I love the ones that give me real guidance on how to make my life better. I'm not into the frilly, nicey-nice stuff or the more esoteric ones. I want to hear real gritty, real talk about specific ways that I can make real steps in my life. And with this podcast, you get that. You don't get any of the frills. You get real honest-to-goodness talk. You hear about Nick and Garrett's lives through this podcast. Nick talks about the show with me, and he talks about everything that he does with his co-host, Garrett Uncle Buck, who was a Navy SEAL, and he talks about everything that he goes through with that. And Nick talks about so much more. And a quick note about the interview. I talked to Nick a few weeks ago, so it's been a while, before I changed my plans for next year, which I talked to you all last week. So if you heard last week's podcast, you know that I've changed my plans. I do not plan now to run 50 miles in the Grand Masters next year. I am going to get the surgery that I really need. I need to get the surgery. I can't put it off. I have to get my left hip replaced next year. So everything's are, everything has changed. So if you listen to this, I, I still I tell Nick that I'm going to run 50 miles in the Grandmasters. So that has changed. Other than that, everything else is along the same lines. So with that, let me introduce Nick Surface. Will you welcome to the program, Nick Surface. Now he has the podcast, Impossible Life, a podcast that he does with Garrett Uncleback. I hope I pronounced your name properly. Yeah, um, and, mine and, is the easy part. If you got mine right, uh, that's the easy part. Getting Unclebach right is, Uncle the, is the real challenge. So you got it. it. Well done. Okay, very, very good. Okay, <laughs> yeah. excellent. So yeah. now I found your podcast by a happy accident one, one day, and I'm very glad I did. Why the name The Impossible Life? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I think you'll know. I mean, I, I love your podcast title, Martha Runs the World. I think Thanks. that's such a, uh, considering the subject matter and also that it has dual meanings that you do run the world. I love that. Um, you know, it's hard to find a name, uh, whenever you're thinking of something. And, and the way the podcast came up around was I was actually running, funnily enough, whenever I got the, uh, the, the brainwave to get it. And, I was listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast and I love Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you ever listened to his podcast, but he's, he's a good listener. I'd recommend him to anyone. And he was giving some people some advice on some things. And I was just listening to it and I was thinking, man, I know somebody who could give no offense to Tim, uh, but way better advice in my opinion, uh, than what he was giving at that time. And I just text Garrett while I was running and said, Hey man, would you be interested in starting a podcast, you know, based on mindset and thinking? And for those of you who are listening and wondering who Garrett is, um, Garrett is my good friend and co-host on the podcast, but he's a former Navy SEAL. And that puts him in a completely different class as far as mindset 
and the kind of things that he's experienced, the stories he has to tell. And that alone would be of interest, I think, to be able to tap into a Navy SEALs mindset. But what really sets Garrett apart, in my opinion, far beyond that, is his sense of purpose that he has in his life. And that comes from growing up uh, with his dad's best friend as the pastor of our church, Keith Graff. And Keith Graff is the guy who shared the stage with Zig Ziglar for 13 years, uh, has spoken with you know every major world leader and president at, at different seminars. I mean, he is just a phenom of a man who I have so much respect and honor for and truly somebody who has who demonstrates what it is to live with an elite godly mindset and just you know that that impacts every area of his life so garrett grows up with this man as his uncle uses what he learns from from the thinking in that environment to go on and complete arguably the toughest military training in the world and serve in the special forces as an elite operative for six years um and now come out and so i you know being around Garrett and seeing how he lives and identifying the lack of fear and the sense of purpose and the sense of confidence and all these things that are so uncommon in our society and seeing them in him, we developed a friendship. I got to tap into his mindset personally as a friend. And I was like, we need to get this out to as many people as possible. But what do you call it? And the thought process was so many people are afraid to go for things or they think things are impossible because insert reason, excuse, whatever you want here. We almost kind of wanted to play with that and say, Hey, we're going to dive into mindset and give you the power to live the life that you once thought was impossible. So that's the name, the impossible life. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You, yeah. you talk about core beliefs. So yes. what are core beliefs? Man, that is a great question, Marcus. So, <laughs> no, you're, you're asking all the big ones. So, I'm really, yep. I'm really big into core beliefs are, are identity statements that you believe about yourself, others, and the world. That's going to be the definition. If you were to look into cognitive behavioral therapy, that's going to be what the definition would say. And these are usually statements that we have accepted, kind of just as the way it is. So, you know, belief about myself might be I am not a runner, for example. You know, and I would have lots of different reference experiences for why that's not true. I, I suck at it. It hurts a lot. I'm very slow. <laughs> I don't have the body type that this runner does. Whatever, whatever it may believe, maybe that's how we form these beliefs. And we do these about things all the time, whether it's others, uh, in the world, you know, maybe, well, that's just the way it is. It is what it is. That's what you hear people say all the time. And that's, there's lots of reasons why people say that. And there's things that they would have to back those up. Um, but what, what I firmly believe is that you can take control of your core beliefs and you can actually choose what you want to believe by building new reference experiences. And I noticed we're kind of diving straight into the deep end, Martha, but I, I believe the way that we come up, the way we form these core beliefs about ourselves, about others in the world happens when we're a kid because, you know, everyone that's an adult started out as a kid. And what you don't realize is that oftentimes that will come from the environment that you're in, the people you come across. And the content, media, whatever it may be that comes into your life, that is really where people start to form their map of the world. And that makes sense. I think we all can think of things where we learned, you know, I learned how to cook from my mom or I learned how to work on a car from my dad. And, you know, all these different things that we take for granted. But what we don't realize is that we're creating a map of the world that consists of our core beliefs. And from our core beliefs come all our subconscious thinking that determines our emotions and our actions. And basically autopilots on the plane of our life 
And if we're not careful, we can spend our whole life on autopilot or default. And so what we really consciously do is to live intentionally and to take hold of those core beliefs and understand that we can choose our identity as adults using, you know, our mature mind and many other tools and really, you know, create who we want to be and pursue a life that is quote unquote impossible and, and live an exceptional life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, really good. And I think that the, the core beliefs are, are exactly what you say. They are, they are, I don't want to say changeable, but they can be um, improved upon or, oh, yeah. or, um, like you said, I'm not a runner, but when you start running, you're a runner. I don't care what mm-hmm. you look like or, or how old you are or, or 100%. whatever. If you run, you're a runner. Simple as that. Yeah. Well, what you just, what you just did right there was you gave a new meaning to the word, what it is to be a runner. Mm-hmm. And this is, that's, I mean, that's a very simple exercise. What you just said right there of how you can change your beliefs. Yep. If you are only a runner, if you can run a 240 and qualify for the Boston Marathon, then you know what? I mean, I don't know what your, physical abilities are or anything like that. You may never say that you're a runner, but you may be going running five days a week trying to accomplish that all the while telling yourself you're not a runner and you're probably miserable and it feels unattainable and you're not enjoying it at all. But to everyone else outside, that might be like, wow, that person runs five days a week. They're, they love running. They're a runner, but in your head, you're miserable and you're holding yourself up to some, something that's uh, not serving you well. And so what you just did right there was you said, Hey, if I'm running, I am a runner. Yeah. And so just by switching that, the definition of that you give to what a runner is, suddenly now you've created something for yourself that's a lot more empowering. And that's a very small example of, of changing a belief because you just gave yourself a new definition of it. And now you have all these reference experiences of, I run five days a week. I did this marathon. I did this half marathon. And so you can, I, I believe fully that you can change your core beliefs. It's just, it's not something that is a fast food society, uh, type of thing. I, I don't believe you can change them overnight or in a week or, you know, there's no simple switch. It's, it's a, a very deliberate process uh, over the course of time that involves discipline and a lot of intentionality. I really believe that as well. I think people don't spend enough time thinking about their core belief system and should really spend more time and thinking about it in a positive yes. light, because I believe that their lives would be so much more enriched and they would stop worrying about the little stuff that doesn't matter if they did mm. that. Yeah. It's, it's an inside out way of living. And what I mean by that is I think what's common in our society, and I'm speaking as a guy who um, was depressed for six years and I spent all those six years looking for things outside of myself to change how I felt inside myself. Um, and I'm happy to talk more about that if you want, but I'm just referencing that. So you don't think I'm some happy go lucky guy that's uh, just had the world handed to him on a silver platter. It's not been that way at all. It's I'm speaking from experience when I talk about this. I, I believe that you can move from a, an inside-out way of living rather than an outside-in. And what I mean by that is so many times we accomplish something, right? And we've dreamed of it like, man, I'm going to be so happy when I, this is my goal. I want to make X amount of money or I want to qualify for this event or whatever whatever accomplishment is. And people will put themselves out for it and then they'll accomplish it. And they'll, they'll wonder why it feels so empty. Like they'll maybe have a little bit of thrill and then boom, it's gone. And they're just left with this emptiness of now what? And I believe that that's because people are trying to answer a question. This is something that, uh, that Garrett talks about a lot that he experienced in, in Bud's training is everyone's trying to answer the question of, am I who I say that I am? And that's why we touched. I mean, I love that you launched straight into core beliefs. 
That's why it's so such a huge thing because it really is an identity thing. And I think a lot of times we expect that once we accomplish something, that will tell us that we are who we say we are and it will change the way we feel. But in fact, that's not the way it works. It's it's that resilience and that belief that, hey, this is who I am. And even when everything outside of you is telling you that you're not, and you have lots of evidence saying that you're not, it's that resilience to say, no, this is who I am and I will. And those are the overcoming stories that are powerful and the stories that we love and that inspire us because that belief starts to materialize. And when you have that internally and you built that up so strongly, when the outside starts to match up with what you saw on the inside, those are the people that truly change the world because they have a vision for something before anyone else sees it and they stick to it and they go and make it happen. And, you know, I believe that that's there for everybody. Truthfully, I believe it's there for everybody to to take hold of their, their lives like that and to live uh, truly in an exceptional way where they're, they're living with vision and purpose and shaping their lives. Agreed. Very, very much agreed. No one has a happy go lucky life. Everyone has problems. <laughs> yes, <very laughs> I, yes, yes. I, I am 17 years uh, clean and sober and nice. I got, I, yeah, yeah. by, uh, yeah, thank you. And, but the only way you do that is by working for me. I can't speak of anyone else, but for me was by working the steps and facing what made yes. me drink in the first place. Mm-hmm. And there's always something and we don't turn to addictions out of happiness. We turn to them because we're not, we don't want to face something painful in our lives. Yes. And that that's the whole reason why. And mm-hmm. by, by turning and, and facing that and understanding it and, and, and overcoming it, then we can move on. I mean, addiction is not something that happy people do. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I was, I was alcohol dependent as well for yep. my six years of depression yep. and it yep. was 100% an escape. Yep. What I didn't realize, and you, you said it so well, what I didn't realize I was doing with that escape was I was just numbing pain mm-hmm. and you, you start to create a cycle, right? And so even if you start to drink less, you still are in such a habit of doing whatever it takes to make the pain go away rather than to say, Hey, I can sit with this pain and I can take the pain, but I'm going to choose my response. You know, and that, that's a, that's a different level of, uh, of pain tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're and it, it, my type of personality, I, I can't have just one drink. I don't know if I'm going to have one or 20. So I just avoid it altogether. It's just better for me. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've cut out alcohol as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, you know, it's not a, I don't have any problem with anybody drinking. I it just didn't serve no. me. It yeah. doesn't serve me anymore. I, 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 it's, I enjoy beer and everything like that. Right. I, I did yeah. in the past, but now I, I swear I, it just ruins my sleep and destroys my energy levels the next day. So it's not worth it. So I've, I've cut it out completely. No, it's certainly not worth it. And you know, I don't miss those hangovers at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I, I, I don't know anybody that, uh, that loves a, a hangover, but exactly. Yeah. It just gets worse as you get older too. It doesn't get any better. I, I remember having two day hangovers. Oh my God. That was awful. Yeah. It def- <laughs> yeah. It's definitely awful. I think, like I said, the question that I always ask if somebody's like really, wants to die on their sword about how much they like to drink is I just say, how does this serve you? And for yeah. some people, you know, if you're just trying to waste the time away, then, you know, sure. Getting drunk makes sense. But like, if you have a sense of purpose in your life, I truly think you'll start asking that question of how does this serve me or serve the purpose in my life. And you'll start eliminating the things that don't, which is, you know, things like drinking. It's, you know, oftentimes it's relationships, people that maybe aren't having the best impact on you, on your life you know, toxic things that, that don't really serve any purpose. And to me, that's where alcohol fell right into that, that category. I just couldn't justify it as being something that's helping me to be my best. So it was a pretty easy decision. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Conquering fear is one of the things that keeps a lot of runners um, Mm. from achieving what they really want. 
Um, I have a coworker and he's, he's a really cool guy. He's just started running regularly. He runs five miles, five miles every day. Nice. Um, not every day, like five days a week, but he, he keeps saying he's going to sign up for a half marathon, but he doesn't. And I think it's because he's maybe afraid to, and I keep telling mm. him just sign up for it, just sign up for it, do it. And, mm. and he hasn't. So I think many runners struggle with the fear that they won't finish or they won't succeed, but it, it's something that holds them back. And how, how can they, I mean, what is a good way? I mean, other than just signing up, it's, it's hard for some runners to get past that fear. Don't you think? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, fear is something that everybody deals with in their life. And uh, I'm going to quote Garrett a lot because he's, he's not, oh, yeah, here, but he Please. has a lot of great things on there. And I highly recommend people listen to the episode we did on fear because um, it's actually one of the most listened to episodes we've had. And it, it's, it's powerful because seals deal with fear all the time. Obviously they're going to the most dangerous situations and they have something called the big four that Garrett goes into. It's not my place to tell that I'm not a Navy seal. Never have been. I'm not even a wannabe seal, nor do I ever want to come across as that. So I'll say, go listen to that and hear it directly from a Navy seal. It has a lot more impact, but one of the things he always says is that the anticipation of fear is worse than the actual fear itself, or I'm sorry, the anticipation of pain is actually worse than the pain itself. And I think fears like that as well. You think about when you're a kid, if you want to ride a roller coaster, I remember for me, man, you look at that roller coaster and you start making it into like a death trap in your mind. And when you operate in fear, you're in your amygdala. We get into the actual brain and your fearful self is your smallest, weakest version of yourself. And a great place to see that is if you have a dog, I have a German shepherd dog. She's about 70 pounds. She's ferocious and awesome and we love her. But when she does something wrong, despite the fact that if she really wanted to come at me, we would have, uh, you know, we would have a good old tussle. Uh, you know, she's strong. When she does something wrong and I raise my voice, you can tell she's scared because she knows she's done something bad. What does her body language do? She puts her head down, her ears go back. She shrinks up, her shoulders get small and she starts crouching down to the ground, which is a great picture of how we are whenever we're fearful. We are operating from our smallest, weakest self. So I think when you're looking at fear, you, you know, they always say just to face your fears. And sometimes that may seem like, wow, to go from I'm scared of a marathon to just jumping straight in might seem like a big jump. So I would say start with little things. Um, one thing I recommend to people, uh, I, Garrett and I both serve in the men's ministry at our church and we work with a lot of different people there. And, and, you know, so we have conversations like this about deep life stuff and all the time. And one of the things I always tell the men there, uh, is I just say, look, start with something small and start to remove the hesitation from your brain. So what I recommend is when you turn your shower on in the morning, you know how a lot of people, you turn it to hot and you wait for it to get hot and then you step in. So it's nice and pleasant. Just turn it on and step right in while it's cold. Because <laughs> the first time you do that, your brain's going to be like, what are you doing? And then the next time you go to do it, it's going to pause and be like, do you really want to do this? So what you are training your brain is to stop negotiating with yourself. And you're starting to build that discipline muscle of saying, when I say I'm going to do something, I don't hesitate. I don't negotiate with myself. I don't reason. I step in and I do it. And so it's a really simple thing that anyone can do to just step into a cold shower and wait for 30 seconds while it turns warm. But you can start to train yourself. So then translate that over. Maybe you don't go from five miles to the marathon. Sign up for a half. You know what I mean? And, and you'll find that when you start to get out of that habit of negotiation and listening to the fear, which is truthfully a lie, we weren't made to live in fear. You get out of that habit. It's amazing how free that is in other areas. And you start to realize how much your fear has cost you. 
And um, once you start to understand how much your fear has cost you, you'll start to despise it. And when you despise your fear, you'll start to overcome it. Yeah, I I'll, I would have to warn my neighbors not to run over when I scream. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Sometimes it's good to shout. <laughs> I, I always joke around. As an adult, there's two things we don't do very often, which is sprint and shout. You know, what I mean? when you're a kid, all they do is yell at the top of their lungs and sprint everywhere. And you get older, and you don't do either of those things. You, you know, I always wanted to make a video series of workouts of of, of working out like a kid because if we all worked out yeah. like kids, we would lose so much weight because no they kidding. run around like crazy. If you could run around like like a four year old, we none of what well, we'd all lose weight right yeah yeah I don't, I don't believe we were ever intended to need all these diet plans but uh you know like, even if we just walked everywhere we'd be fine but you know oh yeah it's, uh, modern technology right oh yeah absolutely is there anything that you're still afraid to do we'll be right back hey quick question for you are you someone who wants to be fit healthy and happy And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Man, I don't know. I'm always pushing the boundaries on that. I've got to say one of the things that has been one of the biggest blessings for me during this whole process of, you know, we've been podcasting since last September, I think is when Mm -hmm. we started. And one of the biggest blessings for me is I truthfully don't have, like fear does not have a place in my, in my thinking anymore. And that may sound kind of crazy, but I, I've just repeatedly disciplined that when I recognize something is fearful, like I said before, I understand that that that's me operating from my smallest, weakest place. And I, I'm never going to get anything that I actually want in life operating from that. Um, you know, there, there's a great line. We're huge fans of the matrix on our podcast, Garrett and, and myself. And there's a great line in the newest matrix that came out where he says 99% of people spend their whole lives uh, caught between the fear of going for what they really want and the fear of losing what they already have. Hmm. And I just think that that's such a great quote. And, and I just, I live my life like that in anxiety, uh, you know, in depression it, with lots of, I, I didn't grow up with a, a ton of things financially. So I grew up with a scarcity mindset and I just realized how much I suffered and how much those things never actually happened. My worst fears, you know, Mark Twain quote, uh, I spent my life knowing a great many fears, most of which never came true. <laughs> You know, and it's it's yeah. funny, but that's actually how we live. And so, um, no, I don't. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, I've skydived. I've ran a marathon on three weeks notice. I'm doing an ultra marathon at the end of the year um, every day to make sure I condition the thought process of of keeping my mind strong and facing something that's painful and fearful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take an ice bath, which is 40 degree water every morning. Um, for anywhere from three to 10 minutes. That's something that both Gary and I do. It keeps, it keeps you strong and make sure that you're pressing, that you're not getting passive and comfortable. And that ice bath for me is such a great repetition in facing fear and pain every day so that it makes sure I stay strong and I, I don't allow something that was so debilitating and crippling back into my life. 
Yeah, I get that. I, I used to do ice baths, but now I do warm water with Epsom salts because it does the same thing. And I said, okay, I'm going to do that instead. Yeah. <laughs> just because well, it's more, it's less, um, it's just less traumatizing for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, look, and that, I get that. Like people are like, oh, what are the health benefits? People ask me what the health benefits are of the ice bath. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I, I know cold's good for your muscles. That is not the reason I do it. Yeah. It's 100% for the mental benefits. Yeah. That I do the ice bath. I get that. I get that. But but to try warm with Epsom salts. That really does your body actually really some good. It helps out a lot. My mom's a massage therapist and she tells me that all the time. So yeah. I, I, I have taken that. It is way more pleasant and definitely definitely gets the sore muscles out as well. It does. <laughs> it does. I did that in my last 50K and it was like, oh my God, this is great. Yeah. <sighs> I, yeah. Well, I, I will. Yeah, I can tell you that that's, I will be utilizing that. So thank you. Yeah. I'll yeah, be definitely. utilizing that for, as part of preparation <laughs> for what we have coming up. Yeah, yeah. Let's well, let's talk about that. So, what is the yeah. what is the hundo that you're doing? Yeah, so it's the uh, it's the Brazos Bend 100. Oh, nice. Which, yeah, it's down. We're in we're in North Dallas here, okay. and it's down in down near Galveston, which is towards the coast in Houston area. Um, and mm-hmm. I this is like so we are there's we're like a group of runners that are not actually uh, has no real have maybe one real runner in the group, so. <laughs> Uh, we, it's myself and Garrett. Um, we've got the one runner in our group is a, a guy called Pierce Shao, mm-hmm. and he is actually a, a very unique runner. He, mm-hmm. um, he run, he ran the, the Florida Keys 100 recently and finished mm-hmm. seventh overall. And he's phenomenal. He's getting ready to do, uh, he's doing Leadville next month. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's like a legit runner. Then we have, so me, Garrett, then we have our good friend, Steve Weatherford, who is 240 pounds of just Jack Muscle. He's been on the cover of Muscle and Fitness. He's a former NFL player, Super Bowl champion. So not a guy that you anticipate doing 100, but a guy who uh, always challenges himself and pushes mm-hmm. himself beyond what he thinks he's capable. And we've got uh, another friend, Joe, who's done 100 milers. So he's like our he's like our voice of, of experience along with Pierce. And then the rest of us, this is all going to be our first time. So mm-hmm. um, we're definitely taking that mindset into it and will no doubt make a lot of mistakes that will be painful, but uh, I, will, I know I I know the group of guys I'm running with, and I will be shocked if if anybody doesn't finish. So that's an interesting race because it can be cold or it can be warm. Yes, if it's, if it's cold, the the gators won't be moving; they'll just be sitting still the whole time. Well, and, it's you interesting know. you bring up the gators because you know you're running with a Navy SEAL and and Steve, and you know we're all I, I just. I wouldn't be. I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see what, if there's any encounters with gators. All I'm yeah. saying is that it, it, I, just, I, there's a couple guys in our group that I think would be up for that. They'll just they just they they just chill by the side. They don't do anything. I've had friends run in that race. Um, it, it's it's really cool. Now now this is the probably the most important part is just is don't start out too fast and walk when you need to. Oh for sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Trust yeah. me, we're taking like we're taking all the tips we can. It, cool. It's, um, what I like about that race is that it's six laps of like 16 miles. Yeah. And I think, you know, a bunch of runners listen to this will understand this. Non-runners think this is a crazy statement, but 16 miles doesn't sound that much to me. You yeah. know, men- mentally, I think if you said, hey, go do 16 miles, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. So yeah. for whatever reason in my mind, I feel like this is almost kind of like a great introduction to 100 because it's very flat. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, you, you only got to go 16 miles before you can guarantee you get all the aid that you need. Um so yeah, uh, that's that's the positive spin I'm putting on it as I approach it. So. Oh yeah, and I love loop races. I love timed races. I mm-hmm. I I'm doing a timed race, a 12 hour race, 
and I have to get myself heat acclimated because it's a 12 hour race just east of Sacramento in okay. a little town called Penryn. It's on a horse ranch in late September. So it's going to be like 90 or 100 degrees. Yes. I know it's wow. going to be. I uh, know. So, and I live in San Francisco where it's hardly ever hot. So I have yeah. to like go out and, and do some heat acclimation running in August, like out in the valley somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it's going to be really warm. <laughs> you, you might want to move there for a couple of weeks. Longer. Yeah. I know. Right. <laughs> it take, yeah. It's going to take a little bit to get it. It's going to be, it's a cool place though, because what they do is it's called Ride to Walk. And mm-hmm. what they do is that they, they work with disabled kids to get them to ride horses and to get them training so that they can uh, practice walking again. It's really a cool organization. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really neat. So I'm going to do 12 hours and see how far I can go. Um, yeah, that's I, awesome. I, yeah. I, I haven't, I had surgery. I had a hip replaced last year. So I'm just getting back into running. So if I do a marathon in that time, uh, that's that'll be fine with me. Oh, you know, yeah, I get back into it again. So yeah, be a great way to a great way to uh, a great introduction to get back into it. Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. As I work my way up now, next February, I'm planning on doing my first 50 mile. I've done three 50 Ks. I've never done 50 miles, so I'm going to plan on doing that next next year. So we'll see. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you already have the race picked out? I do. It's called the Grand Masters, and it's nice. it, it's in the it's in North uh, Arizona, and you to enter it, you have to be 50 years or older. And I, oh, I like that. Cool. Isn't that cool? I know. Yeah, that's really cool. It's, yeah. It's, yeah and that. it's like 20, you have, you have like 20, what is it? 24 hours to get 50 miles. So that's a very generous cutoff. So that's, yeah. that's good, yeah. good for me. You feel confident? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think so. We'll see. My body holds up by then. <laughs> So we'll yeah. we'll see how it goes, you know. Uh, you'll be fine. I have, yeah. I have utmost confidence in you. Enough, Excellent. So I like easy. that. Yeah, easy for me to say because I'm not doing it, but you know. <laughs> now, um, when when times get tough in a race, how yes, how are some ways that you find to dig deep down to get strength? Yeah, glad you asked that. Well, one of the things that you will uh, hear, or you and anybody else who goes to listen to that uh, that episode on fear is one of the things they teach Navy SEALs is, is self-talk. And I think self-talk is so incredibly important. Um, so I'll, I ran my first marathon of my life earlier this year. It was in Austin, and it was with Nick Bear, who's a uh, – some of your followers may know him. He's got a big fitness and performance supplements company. He's I think he invented the term hybrid athlete. He's very well-built, runs marathons and ultras in very fast times. And still managed to keep some size on. And he's he's a very inspirational guy. And he had an event that I ran with Steve. And we did that in three weeks. Uh, I did that on three weeks notice. Um, just because I was like, oh, might as well go in there. And I'd only been running 5K for the past two years. But I decided <laughs> to just, you know, whatever. Just I, I, that's what I want to apply the mental mindset that I had and see if I could do it. Uh, and, and I did. But around mile 22 is, I was, the first 22 miles, I felt amazing. I was like, you know, it was like the birds were singing, the air was perfect, you know, in my head. And like, you know, it was, everything was going like way better than I ever anticipated. And then 22 struck and it hit me. And I said to you earlier about my ice bath, but one of the things that I do in my ice bath every single morning as I face uh, fear and pain is I speak declarations over my life. And my declarations over my life are all based on scripture from the Bible. So I have a lot of scriptures that I will speak over my life, like God not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I will, I will have those things in me. And so every day in my ice bath, I'm getting a repetition of 
hey, this hurts, and it'd be a lot easier just to get out and call it easy, but instead I'm going to focus my mind, and I'm going to make that decision of how I want to respond to this. So what I found is that on really difficult training runs um, or on if I'm in the marathon, having a script of self-talk that and, and declarations over my life that I have utilized and practiced, it's almost like I just have a protocol the same way that, you know, if an airplane has a, a problem, you know, everybody on the flight knows, everybody on the flight crew knows what to do. That's kind of how I operate. I anticipate that there's going to be pain, there's going to be difficulty, and rather than just deciding what I'm going to do in the moment, I decide beforehand when I have pain, when I want to quit, this is what I say to myself. And because I you know, disciplined that repetition in the ice bath every day and just in general in life, you know, I, I just switch into that that self-talk and honestly it works. Mm, yeah, that that sounds really good. You really have to it, it is mind over matter, especially when you hit the mm-hmm. wall like that. You have to keep going because in in an ultra race, you're gonna hit the wall a few times. Mm-hmm. It's you have yeah. to keep going at that point. You really yeah. have to. And it's perspective. When I when I ran, so one of the great things about being friends with the Navy SEAL uh, is I can never tell them I'm tired. I can never tell them something's too hard, and I can never tell them I can't. Because what are you going to tell a guy that stayed up for five days straight and ran over 240 miles in that in Hell Week alone? He told me, Garrett told me that uh, during the course of their buds training, they will run the equivalent of New York to Miami and back. So that gives you a different perspective. And when I told Garrett I was going to run my marathon, yeah. On three weeks' notice, truthfully, I thought he might be like, "Oh, that's good." And, and, and like, like, you know, hey, that's impressive. Nothing like that. Instead, he said, "He's like running a marathon is not hard. He's like it's simply a matter of putting one foot in front of the other for four to four and a half hours." And it was it's amazing the power of perspective because when you shift it like that, it it really does um, it puts it into a new light, and you can you can make your mountain uh, and shrink it. You know, if you can make a, a mountain out of a molehill. Surely you can make a mountain into a molehill, right? It's just you can perspective works both ways. So yeah, that was that, a good unlock. That's true. That is really true. When you when you put it like that, that is that is very true. I mean, it's like, it trivializes it, right? Because people are like, "Oh, marathon's the greatest. You know, it's so hard." Well, yeah, it can be hard. You know, if you try and you know sprint as fast or run as fast as you possibly can for twenty six point two, and you're not ready for it, then yeah, it can. You know, some bad things can happen. But if yeah. You, yeah, you know, it, it, it depends on what your goal is, but yeah, yeah. that perspective should help for me in that in that respect. Yeah, very true. Very, very good to put things in, in that kind of perspective. I have one final question here. I know yeah. you're doing your hundred miler, yes. but but and since you're a runner now, I have to ask you this because yes. I, I ask this of all my running guests: if there's any race anywhere in the world that you could run, regardless of qualification, distance, um, time, um, money, uh, what race would you like to run? And that's a great question. You know, I, I think because for me, running is such a social thing and I do it with guys that are like brothers to me and that uh, we're committed to, to just constantly growing in life. The one that we have our eyes set on that I, I know we will do and that's going to take, we're going to have to qualify for it is, is Leadville. I think doing the, the Leadville Ultra would just be, you know, it's one of those races that it's just, I, I'm a big fan of the book Born to Run. Uh, I'm sure only your listeners yeah. will have listened to that, the Tadu Mata and just how they find the joy in running. And that's been a, another big perspective shift for me. And because that race is so epic in that book, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of like, it feels like the World Series or the Super Bowl for me. You know, it's like, I have no ambitions of winning it uh, or anything like that. But I just think to be there 
and to take part in it, to just run over those, those mountains and some of those, uh, some of those ascents that they have. I just think that would be epic. So that's my, that's my, uh, cool. my dream race. Cool. That's a good choice. Very, very yeah. good choice. And thank you so much for being on, on the show. I really appreciate it. It's been really, really inspirational and informative and a lot of fun. Yeah. And, thank you, Martha. Yeah. Please listen to the impossible life podcast because it's really, really good and you'll get a lot out of it and have a great rest of your day, Nick. Thank you, Martha. You too. And thank you everybody for listening. Appreciate okay. it. Take care. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much. Nick, I really appreciate you being on the show. That was Nick Surface from the Impossible Life Podcast. It's always a pleasure speaking with someone as inspirational as Nick and introducing you to the Impossible Life Podcast because it's a really, really great podcast and you guys have to hear it. Now, about my running. My running has been okay. (laughs) Last week, I thought I had a running injury on my right foot. I thought it was an overuse injury because that's what it seemed like doing, of course, doing my my research online. Because, <laughs> you know, I am a doctor, right? <laughs> okay, stop laughing. I took a few days off, and what I think I was doing wrong, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I took a couple, almost two years off running because of my hip problems, So I replaced my right hip, got a brand new hip, and so I had to start running over right from the beginning. So I was like a total beginner newbie runner. And I forgot that you have to like grip your shoes with your toes. So I was keeping my right toe up for some reason, and that was causing a lot of strain on the muscles of my right toe. So I think the top of my right foot was feeling the strain of that. And that's really what was causing a little bit of my discomfort in my right foot. Now that I'm conscious of it, I keep my right toe down and doing that running, it doesn't hurt. So my new mantra is toe down, back straight, head up. (laughs) That's what I tell myself. So now I have to be totally conscious of my toe, keeping my toes down. My left toe goes down automatically. I don't know what's up with my right foot. It's It's just being the... Uh, rebel and doesn't want to behave. I've always had posture problems, so I have to keep my back straight, my head up, because I always tend to look down. So I always keep my head up, and but now I add toe down to that. <laughs> so head up, toe down. <laughs> oh, I'll get it together one of these days. So that is that. With that, my running is getting better. I uh, I yesterday I did all that, and there was no pain in my feet. So yay. That felt really good. So I am getting ready for my vacation. I have all my equipment, all my gear. I do have a few things to do before then, but I'm going to do all my shopping for my food on that Friday. Once I leave, I'll probably stop at a a Walmart. And what I can't get at a Walmart, I get at the Trader Joe's on that Friday. And then I'm so happy and so excited about it. And I will tell you all, all about it when I get back. Yes, I will. All right. With that said, that is today's show. And again, thank you, Nick Surface, for being my guest. And thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. For all of Nick's information and for the information for the Impossible Life podcast, go to MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. And if you want to become a Patreon patron, you can. If you want to give me a couple bucks, buy me a cup of coffee, you can as well. If you want to 
Email me, you can, at MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. And until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run.